Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Saying it, you know, it was such a hard thing. It was hard to to decide that you was gonna just let yourself be used of God. It's, it's still hard because it's easy to to let your personal things get in the way. Yeah, I always I knew I was called. Um, I just knew that. But Wesley told me, he said, "Bro, I always let God do it." And it was kind of one of the situations that I. What about like Pastor um, Minister Huggins and and? Well, I'm about the young. Men. young well, I mean, they were all young. What I'm saying, no, they ain't talking about them. They're talking you about mean the like young, the teenagers? Teenagers. There was no no ministers. That didn't happen under Bro Westbrook. Yeah, I, I couldn't even think of anyone I would have suggested. Danny Diaz was the last one. Danny Diaz, yeah. And when he failed, Bro Westbrook just shut it all off. Because he was the first young man that was basically as a minister. And when he went wacky, he just shut it down. So, so do you think it was more, you think it was a supremacy issue? Or do you think it was because um, Brother Westbrook was concerned that the training was inadequate? He, Brother Westbrook said that this is what Edwin told me. Said Brother Westbrook. Now I want to say Brother Westbrook, but I'm saying in the whole in the UPC ministry, okay. ministry. Period. Right now, I'm the only black pastor in Kansas. Well, okay, you, you're still UPC, but Tyson yeah. and no, Celestin are, are separate. Yeah, AFF and the Brother Tyson's like Apostolic Metro Fellowship. You see what I'm saying? I'm the only black pastor. You see what I'm saying? But and Brother Westbrook, Edwin told me he was very intimidated by this ministry. I don't know if you remember that meeting. It was me. It was the whole church. He brought in Brother Tyson and Brother Huggins, and he took the to Brother Tyson and said, "Y'all guys can hurt me." Well, yeah, because if 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 he if they had started talking, you know, separatists and stuff like that, because a lot of times this happens in black churches. We start talking about separatism, and you know, I want to run this place, and then divisions happen in the church, and then half the church leaves. Yeah, but. You know, I, I think I, Brother Westbrook, the only thing, only thing he had was prejudice was in reach. Other than contested me. So, and I, I felt love for him. I didn't have, um, I think that there was not training set up. No, it was ready at all. Well, yeah, that, I think that was the case. And I think, I mean, you had people like Brother Ward, who should have been a pastor. Who said? Well. Strong, this is my way or the highway attitude. Do you think that's what, do you think that's what messes up a lot of churches now? Yeah, you know, I had to really learn uh, to be patient and love folks, you know what I'm saying? And stop fighting with them, you know what I'm saying? And with God, do be God. Right. Let God convert them, let God convert them. You can get so frustrated wondering why people are not measured up to what you think they should. And then I had to realize that, hey, the Bible says that the weak and the tears grow together. Hey, God I've always had a, yeah, I've always wondered about that because it used to be back in Tabernacle. Yeah. Bro, you do something, bro. You gone. They ran the well, they only really ran the t people off they came for the fornication, or they rebelled against the ministry. But right. That was usually the line. But there is cases, you know, just like with the body. So let's say, for example, there's someone committed fornication. Sometimes we, we look at the situation in Corinthians, and if we read it again, it says that y'all puffed up and mourned mm -hmm. that the women have done this deed, that y'all should do something about it. And basically it was a point that this man was not repenting Right. And turning from his sin. He right. wanted to continue in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I remember like, that. Get yeah. him out of here. Why? Because the whole body can be saved. Now, if a person's willing to repent and confess and forsake, 
That's where the scripture comes is need a spirit to restore such a way. And a spirit of meekness considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Right. But then also the Bible talks about those that sin before all that others may be feared. See, now, so that was, I mean. Was, that was a misinterpretation of scripture. Right. Why? Because it says, rebuke not an elder. Mm-hmm. That's one of two witnesses. So he was talking about the ministry. They have took it as rebuking saints and embarrassing saints. In front of everybody, which is, is really which a is good order. way of. That thing should be taken. Hey, listen, I don't need to be, see you at the church. Because that's contradictory. Right. Because what? What did David say when Saul fell? Publish it not in that. Mm-hmm. Publish it not here. Publish it not there. We publish people. Now, everybody knows that person. And so and now then, they have a perceived idea of what they are and what they aren't. Right. And then you end up judging them as, yes. a, as a saint. And you continue. Yeah. And you know where that situation should be him and you alone? Y'all deal with it. You know, brother, tell me that there was a of adultery. And he's not the pastor, but he's one of the saints. He said, the pastor brought the people in. They're willing to repent, get behind it, go on with their life. They're living for God today. The kids are living for God. Nobody in the church knows something about it. And I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't. So let me ask you this, man, because this is often a thing that happens with church and people really get upset about it. So how do you, how do you keep from taking that that subject to the pulpit you have to be very careful mm-hmm. and keep the main thing the main thing the pulpit is to promote jesus right to promote his image mm-hmm. for us to be like him people this is something you learn as a young preacher you don't learn as a young preacher is keep people's business right this ain't about them this ain't about you mm-hmm. sometimes we give stories to analogize and you know to bring to like you know like like today i wanted to share that when i came to god I was tired of it. Right. I was done with the world. I didn't. I didn't care about the clubs. I didn't care about that junk. It didn't do nothing for me. I had a loveless life for the world. So God bought me to stab it. And you know, so there are people that are still struggling because they never got that love for the world how they are. Right. You see what I'm saying? And I always enjoyed how God enjoyed the blessings. I felt the joy and the love, and I enjoyed them blessing me and taking care of me. And I felt like Jacob. He said, God, he said to Jacob, when he made that vow upon that rock, he said, you feed me, take care of me. He said, I'm serving you. Right. It's that simple. I felt the same way. You feed me, take care of me, I'm serving you. You know? And then we understand the the benefits of living for God. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I worship. And understanding the end of Job, if the Lord takes everything I have tomorrow, if I keep my spirit right, I'll get more in the end. So you're you're set up in a situation where you're bound to win as long as you keep your spirit, as long as you keep God. And so I had to learn to work with people. And there's people that don't line up to the work. Right. But this is where God had gave me. He said, you preach the word, I convert. Right. You just preach the word. Right. And that's what I think a lot of, I think a lot of preachers get, get, I want to the cream. Yeah, that's what you call Okay. And you know, I was wondering if, if, if that's what happens to a lot of preachers. Because I saw one time when a preacher went to a guy, and this when I was in the church, and he had earrings on, nose rings. He's like, get that off, get that off. And the guy stopped coming. So later on, I talked to the guy. He said, he said, Joseph, he said, this what happened. He said, the preacher approached me, told me to take this, and my earrings off, and my nose ring. He said, I, and my necklace, I think earrings and necklace. Said, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to take it off. So he stopped coming. So when we force people to make the decision, is this God's time or is it our time? Right, but see, that doesn't, and I, I so at, I know at the end of the day, we're waiting for God to tell us to preach holiness. No, no, we can preach. No, I'm not saying you can't preach it. Okay. But so I'm saying you can preach against But don't do it on an individual don't basis. Him, don't make him make a decision right there. Right. You see what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with preaching the truth. Now, when do you preach holiness? When the Holy Ghost puts on your heart to do it. Right. When the Holy Ghost leads you to do it. But I don't have to come to you personally if you're trying to force you 
mm-hmm. to do it. Because where we make the mistake is Jesus never forced anybody to do it. He did not. He did not. It's all choice. Take up your cross, follow me. If they wanted, didn't want to do it, he didn't beg them. He didn't make them. He didn't pull their arm. You see, and that's where we have the problem. We, we lost a lot of our kids. One person told me, Timmy said, he said, he said, Barabbas, you made a conscious decision that you wanted to serve the Lord. He said, as a kid, we didn't have that choice. So this is going to come a day for my son. We're going to have a talk and say, do you want to go to church? And it's, I hope that I put something in him and I spent enough time and resources that he'll want to serve. But there has to come to a point that he's going to have to make a decision if he wants to serve God or not. And you can't force him to make No, you can't. And, and I think that's where... The great rose the seed of rebellion. Right. And and I think, and it's kind of like a, a very, uh, it's a very fine line because at the same time, we, we teach our, we teach the fathers that we run the house and we um, it's my way or the highway or as long as you live in my house you go to church and blah 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 but at the same time we, we then turn around and we quote scripture where when I was a child I speak as a child when I became a man I put away such things so when does that change thank you my you still have that framework Oh, thank you. Hey, can I get some ranch and honey mustard when you chance? Oh, man, that, that looks good, bro. I know. <laughs> extra, extra, read all about it. You know, and that's, and that's important. I didn't cut you off. No, no, but I mean, I, how do you reconcile the, the divine order of the man runs the house, the woman is his helpmeet, and the children basically subject to the parents versus... I will, I will force you to live for God until you're 18 and then create that city of rebellion. How do you reconcile It's, it's building a, a culture. Yeah, like we talked about. Building a culture, building a love. Like me, I neglected spending time with my son. I've been too busy. That's why next year I'm trying to reorganize my schedule where I'm not running ragged. It's, you have to build a respect and a oh, culture you. with your kids. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You have to build a culture with your kids so he has to respect you. It's nothing like when a kid looks up to his dad, he respects him. Right. They want to please him. Just like us, we look up to our father. We want to please and respect him. So if that relationship is missing there, there's a gap where the kid doesn't care about what you think. Right. But if we build a strong bond and a connection with our sons and our kids, that, man, I do care what daddy thinks. I do care if I make daddy happy. I do close. care if he respects. So it's building that close relationship. And you have to in- introduce a culture where church is enjoyable, where they can enjoy going to church. They can they can enjoy worshiping God. They can enjoy praying. And if we do as I say, but don't do as I do, and we're never praying, we're never worshiping, and we expect the kids to do something we're not doing together, and then we have a crappy home life, we beat and slap our wife around and talk trash to our wife, and talk trash to our kids, and nope. disrespect everybody. I wonder, I've always wondered if that's what was going, going on. You said the prayer. Yep. You said prayer. Well, God, we thank you for getting us together. We thank you for this time together. Thank you for this fellowship. We ask that you bless this food, nourish us, and strengthen us. Keep us in your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I should put out this and wish it was live on TikTok. Yeah. Podcast. Talking, talking about God. Someone might give us a question, my caption. I can go to that. It's all good. It's all good. Yes, sir. Anything else I'm good. Thank you. We are good, brother. You good, good friend? So what should we call this podcast? Living for God in 2023? Yeah. Um, what you want to call it? Um, discussions with a pastor. That's what I'm going to...
Yeah. True. Uh. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got this real words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason.